This is CX of M Radio, the voice of customer experience professionals. Welcome to another episode of the Tom and Bob Show, where each week we discuss best practices in the field of customer experience management. I'm Tom DeWitt, Director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Bob Keipel, Vice President of CX of M and retired Global CX Executive with General Motors. Without any further ado, let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Tom and Bob Show. This is Tom DeWitt. I'm the director of CXM at MSU, and I'm joined today by... Hi, I'm Bob Keipel. I am vice president of CX of M, and I am retired from a number of years at General Motors trying to get dealers to behave nicer towards customers. And today we're joined by Nick Limstall, who is the director of contact center solutions for VDS and is based out of Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Nick is a regular contributor to Customer Think and the CX of M blog. Uh, we've asked Nick to join us today to discuss an upcoming blog post on the CX of M blog that outlines the four steps to building a successful customer experience strategy. Um, Nick, uh, maybe we can start out by, if you could just kind of briefly enlighten us um, as to what VDS does and what your role is with VDS. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, um, uh, Tom and Bob, I appreciate the opportunity to to join you guys on the podcast. It's a, it's an honor. So um, uh, with that uh, VDS, we've been around for about 30 years, uh, actually based in Grand Rapids, Michigan, um, started off in the, in the UC space, but we're more, uh, more than that, where we transitioned about 10 years ago to the, uh, to be consultants um, in the call center space. So instead of going direct, we actually help organizations assess their current state, see where they're at, um, and understand, actually sit in with the frontline employees, listen to them, look at the managers, go and, and look at the KPIs. So what's the, what pe- what's the customer saying? What are their MPS, the CSATs, the customer effort? And then what are their business objectives, right? Because if you can't understand all three of these, all four of these things, uh, then you can't make an educated decision. And it all comes back to making business decisions. So uh, we'll, we help them uh, align that process and then bring in one of our partners. From there, we help them design and implement that solution. And then at GoLive, we can actually support the product. Uh, we, we offer 24 by 7 support. And for me, I, I run um, Central Ohio um, uh, on, the, on the sales side and, and um, do, do awesome podcasts like this. Great. Well, we're, we're really happy to have you here today. Um, maybe we can start out by having you just provide us with a brief um, introduction to the four steps that you propose in your blog article. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had a lot of fun uh, writing this article. You know, the first step is um, understanding your current state. So what, what are your customers thinking, feeling, saying, and doing? Uh, what are their pain points? Uh, a lot of organizations don't technically understand what happens when you uh, pick up the phone and, and dial into the company that they work for or go on the web chat or email or, or try to sign up for their services. And so uh, the first step is understanding those and, and understanding the key metrics and um, understanding the insights and the data and not just looking at the data and saying, great, now I have this. I'm going to go put it up on the shelf because I have other stuff to do. So um, uh, taking that data and, and turning it into something. 
step two is, is aligning the, your customer experience with business objectives. Because if uh, kind of what I just said, if, if you don't take from my, from my perspective on the technology side, if I don't align it with business objectives in CX, then, then it doesn't really make sense across the board and people can't, don't know what to do with it. So if you can take this, understand what, what their business objectives are. Uh, a lot of companies kind of have their business objectives at an annual basis and then they all kind of sporadically run in different spots. But customer experience is affected across all the sides of the organization, right? So, um, and, and we can talk more about that. Uh, step three is listen to your employees. Uh, I, I use the old analogy, if, if mama ain't happy and nobody happy mm. as a married guy, and, and the same is true with your employees. So if you're not providing with the right tools and process and technology in place, um, then it, it goes back to the, to the, um, to the customer. Uh, another thing that I've heard was, um, you know, when you're on an airplane, uh, the, 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 the pilot or the lady, the, the flight attendant says, you know, put your oxygen mask on first and then help others. And, and that for me is also the same as is helping your, your employees first uh, put their oxygen max, masks on, making sure that they're safe and secure, and then helping others. And then um, the fourth one is communicating, right? If you're not going out and communicating with everybody, starting with your employees, what are their objectives? Um, and, and that's, uh, that's, that's kind of the, the first step. And then from there is what's your main story? Uh, to the customers as an organization. Great, that's awesome. Can you can you talk a little bit um, about um, how to stop and understand the current state? Like, who? How does that happen? Who does it? And uh, I'm going to ask you three questions at once here. I guess you know. How, what if you What if you want to go fast? You don't have a lot of resources. And then just backing up for a second. I can really make this complicated. Um, What's a typical uh, business metric that companies want to, or business objective that they state around call centers? Yep. Uh, so that, I'll answer as many as I remember, and then we'll go backwards <laughs> if, if, if that makes sense. So, you know, uh, the first one is, um, you know, what happens if someone wants to go fast? I think it all depends on where they are in the organization. Uh, there's, you know, when you think of customer experience, sometimes there is the, the chief customer officer and they have a, a seat at the table at the executive suite. Uh, it helps because then they have executive buy-in and, and they can trickle that conversation down. Um, sometimes they are a, a, a manager of customer experience or a director of customer experience and they have to push that conversation up. Uh, so if they want to go fast, they're going to have to push a lot harder up. Uh, but it's a lot easier as a chief customer officer to to take that, become strategic, and communicate that down. Um, so it depends on what they're wanting wanting to accomplish as the go fast, what they mean by go fast, and what they want to accomplish. If it's hey, we want to roll out a survey, great. And what are you trying to accomplish with that survey? Um, there's a lot of uh, people, and not just in customer experience, that that do stuff because somebody else told them to do it. Uh, not necessarily are they thinking about the customer. Uh, so does that answer that that specific question? Yeah, yeah. I, I was, uh, you know, I was throwing a lot out at you, but I mean, I was kind of thinking, yeah. you know, how does it initially start? Why does a company care that they or feel like they need to change? And then who needs yeah. to change? You know? Yeah. So the one, the other question you had was around business objectives. What's yeah? What what's a metric around a business objective in customer service? So, you know, uh, I would say from the 
employee side, there's a, there's a company that I, I can't name right now, but they have about 900 agents. And with this situation that we're in today with this pandemic, uh, 48% of them are absentee because they're freaking out, right? Yeah. Uh, so they don't also have ability to work from home. So the, the effort uh, is increased for the ones that are, have the ability to work from home and the, the experience or satisfaction has decreased uh, for the for the customers because they don't they have to wait in line twice as long and they don't provide the service because they're stressed out. So uh, one one metric is uh, customer churn. Um, how long are they sticking in and, and staying with the organization or customer lifetime value? Um, how long have they been in there and, and what's the lifetime value of, of the organization? And then even on in the call center customer service space, it's it's the employee experience. It's how long the, the churn on average is about 100 to 120% per year uh, in the call center. And uh, that's, that's, uh, that's semi-frightening if I was uh, a leadership in the customer service space. You mean the, that's the employee turnover? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Oof. Yeah. And those are, that's the face of your company. It's like continuously right. coming through. That's right. On, on any channel. So that could be voice. It could be uh, text, web chat, email. Uh, they are the face of your organization. So if that's turning over for a, uh, every 12 months or every 10 months, uh, that's, a, that's a problem. So how are you creating a better experience for your employees so they stay longer? Is that, um, is, that that's pretty common, like across <clears throat> industries and companies, right? What, yeah. what are the best companies do? They, they, they use that as kind of a starter job into the other parts of the organization? Is that sort of the way they entice people to hang in? Yeah, I, I would say it, it depends on the organization. You think of um, uh, Zappos, and, and it's actually a really cool. I, I just uh, saw an article yesterday where um, two things. First, when they, when they bring an or employees on, they basically say after training, if you no longer want to be with the company, I'm going to give you a bonus to leave the company um, because they want, they want diehard people that mm -hmm. actually believe in their value, believe in their mission and why they're there. Um, one thing that they're doing today is they opened up customer service, not just for Zappos. They said, call us about anything. Call us about masks and, and PRL and, and how do I get the best coffee in, in, in New York? And so people are calling them about completely random things because their goal is to help others. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Wow. Wow. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I mean, do they want to make money? Like my reaction to that is like, that is kind of crazy. Yep. Yeah. It's what's so, so what's crazy their goal? about it? If what am I they, missing? It, <laughs> Well, so, so I, my guess is that they have a capacity, right? They're, they're probably not selling as many shoes right now. People are not sure what the future holds and in, in, in retail is maybe taking a hit. So they're saying, how do we keep our employees uh, paid and, but, but keep them um, where they're still answering phones and still have a pretty good PR story and it's going to build our brand. So that's, that's, that's my cool. guess on why they went, up, went about that. That's cool. So Nick, when it, when it comes to aligning CX strategies and business um, objectives, my first thought is what business objectives are most consistent with CX strategies? There's got to be, yeah, so, there's got to be an alignment there, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we can go back to, to customer churn. Uh, if, if you see a, 
uh, you're bringing in uh, onboarding a bunch of clients, but you see the the bucket at the bottom is completely torn out uh, because you're you're losing them on the back end after 90 days or in 120 days. Um, that is a big objective. That um, how do we keep and retain uh, and grow and and um, sell more to our current clients? Um, so you know if if there is a if their objective is to grow by 15% or 20% and they they're losing, they're losing their tail at the, uh, through the bucket um, and not retaining employees that are not retaining customers. That's the first step. Uh, keep the ones you have, keep them happy, make sure they have the right uh, information and services. And, um, and then from there it's, it's focusing on the net new, but there's all sorts of, you know, customer lifetime value is, is a, uh, is one mm -hmm. over time. Um, but, that that's not a that's not something you can do in in a matter of you know months. It's it, that's going to take a while. How does a how does a call center deal with something that's sort of beyond the what do you call it operator of the person that answers the phone? Can you give me so like if if there's something beyond the control of the person answering the phone that's gone wrong and but they're kind of catching static for it. Um, say, you know, maybe delivery times are longer just because everybody's ordering stuff or something like that. How does a company deal with that successfully? Yeah. Yeah. So let's say that, um, let's say that you're on the phone and you have the right technology to um, hit a, hit a button that says, I need help, right? Uh, on online, it's a, a, a cloud-based contact center and, and, you're now working from home and you don't have the ability to, to wave the flag or the hand up that says, Hey, boss, man, boss lady. Um, I, I need somebody to, to listen into this conversation. But now if, if it's a cloud-based solution, you should just be able to click it and say, Hey, can you whisper in? Can you, can you listen into this conversation, provide me some guidance so you don't have to. And then there's the bargain option where you can kind of just say, Hey, this person's super hostile. Uh, we need to take over this. You need to help me take over this conversation. And then the third one is, um, you know, there's, there's voice um, listening or listening inside the analytics side where somebody could be dropping a, a four letter word or increasing their, their voice or saying, I want to talk to a manager and it's going to create and listen to those things that mm -hmm. technology is. Mm -hmm. And it'll, it'll create an alert where management already jumps into that conversation and says, let me take a peek at this uh, before it gets out of hand. What, um, one of the things you mentioned in the blog that we read was uh, about gap analysis. Um, you mentioned it in terms of, you know, CX strategies and business objectives and just sort of getting oriented to what's going on. Could you give us kind of an example or some details about what you're referring to when you talk about gap analysis? Because that's something I think that can be used across lots of disciplines. Yeah, so, so when, when you're measuring something and uh, what are you in, you mean uh, in section two specifically? Yeah. I'd have to look at the back. Yeah, I think yeah, that's where it comes so. up. Yep. Yep. So, you know, one, one of the things was uh, what I had is, is an ensuring alignment between your CX and business outcomes begin with identifying and mapping your, your touch points. Um, so what one really cool example um, I had uh, the head of CX from Greyhound um, come talk in, in Columbus and he, he showed up to speak. And when you think of customer experience, you don't necessarily think of, uh, Greyhound bus. Usually that's one of the later companies mm -hmm. that you would mm -hmm. think of, but they really took that, uh, to heart 
and started doing an assessment and journey of their organization and, and hired an outside company. And what they did was they found they, there was like 280 <coughs> some uh, touch points that they wanted to improve, but they focused on, I think, 60 or 69 of them and took that journey and put it inside the executive boardroom in, in Texas. And so uh, mm. from that, that is the, that was their gap analysis. So they, they took that information mm. every week. They went over it and mm. said, okay, so we fixed that one over there. What's next? What's our biggest priority? And, and what's the biggest amount of impact with the least amount of effort? Mm-hmm. And, and from there, mm. they, they ranked it in order. And obviously you can go and look at your surveys of who's complaining about what, but uh, it's not always the, the squeaky wheel gets the worm. Uh, or a squeaky wheel gets the grease. I think I, I put two. Yeah, that's all right. Two women <laughs> uh, but it, but it's important to pay pay attention to it um, as you're going through that. But I think the whole uh, least amount of effort, or the the least amount of effort with the most amount of impact, is important. Yeah. I, I always like the idea of sort of the low hanging fruit because if there are people who are suspicious of the campaign or whatever's going on, at least yeah. they can see some results happening early, and that helps. Get yeah. you- yeah i would i would say that um leadership or executives are still semi-cautious about customer experience Mm -hmm. until you see that you show them the impact um and it takes quick wins to get people to understand the impact um and then it will take time to show them the the value of of the of the position so thinking about cx is kind of a curse sometimes it's like um like like if you're a copywriter and you go to a restaurant, you're always finding typos in the menu, you know? So as a CX person, you're noticing, you know, always. Um, what industries do you think are sort of in the most need of and in the biggest denial of the need for CX help? Uh, I think the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. I, yeah, I think it's, it's – uh, if that was a multiple choice, I would, I would pick all the above. Um, you know, just the, the people that are in professional services, um, you know, you think of, um, the, the TV, the not going to name any, any big company, but the people that provide TV services or internet service Mm or, um, it's not just because it's a, it's, you know, they have to do business with you. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't treat them like they do. Um, and I, and I think that, that kind of irks me a little bit. Um, you know, you, you sit on a call, uh, I had a bad ex- experience with a, a retail company, uh, where I bought a, a dishwasher and, uh, six months later, I it kept having to, to clean it, uh, you know, find the filter, take it out. I brought it in, asked questions. I was like, is this really supposed to be a, a problem? And they're like, well, you know, just buy a new filter. You're going to be fine. Right. It's just the, 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 the bandaid over the bullet hole. And I kept asking questions and finally called in and had a technician come out and they brought, sent a washing machine person, uh, out to fix my dishwasher problem. Oh, no. <laughs> and so they said, okay, we'll send somebody else. And, uh, but the person that took a peek at it, who was a washing machine person said it was installed wrong. And so it was, uh, all of the food was getting pushed back in, wow. into the filter. Wow. So, uh, long story short, I had, uh, 15 conversations and, um, 
you know, probably three hours, four hours later, I finally had reached out to the chief customer officer, told him I told her my story in the timeline. And within 24 hours, my, my, my issue was solved. Um, and I got a brand new warranty, brand new dishwasher, but how many people were in my spot uh, that never called yep. and just said, okay, well, I'm never going to do business with you again. Yep. Well, that's so, a, uh, it, yeah, Nick, that sounds like a title of a, for a blog entry. When you send the wash, washing, washing machine repairman to fix your dishwasher. That's a neat yeah. story. Now, earlier you brought, you brought up uh, earlier you brought up the the role of employees, and I think we can all agree that um, there's a high correlation between employee satisfaction and customer satisfaction. And we we can you know we can make that statement about customer facing employees because they're engaging with customers all the time. But what about non non customer facing um, employees that that have internal customers that are just as critical uh, in ultimately impacting the, the customer. How, how, do you, how do you get them involved? And, and how do you create so, a cu culture that supports those internal people? Yeah, yeah, so great question. I, I would say it also starts at the person who is driving that CX initiative to help them understand um, why they do what they do um, who are they doing? Who are they doing it for, and who are they doing it with? Right? What's what's their impact to the organization? Who who ultimately is paying their bills uh, and, and writing the check? Yeah, the, the company that they're working for writes the check, but it's it's not uh, it's it's the customer who is is providing the resource to write that check. Uh, so the thing that I I think is very important is is help them understand how their role is directly impacted impacting the customer experience. And, and the customer could be internal customers. So if you're a, a massive Fortune 50 company, you probably have a bunch of internal customers that you're supporting. And so providing them the knowledge uh, that your internal customers are helping other external customers and here's, the, here's the, how that works and here's your role. There's a lot of people that sit in that conversation and say, great, I hear about all these stories and how this impact and how you guys are making a difference and on, on the customers from their perspective mm -hmm. externally, but what's my role in that and why should I care? Like my goal is to, to do this nine to five and to do my job and keep my head down and stay out of the way so I don't get in trouble so I can come back on, on Monday and get a, get a paycheck. But if you actually help them understand what their role is um, and help them understand Maybe, maybe tell a story of how their specific department um, uh, is impacting the customer, maybe on a weekly basis. Hey, I, I think uh, if you think of, of Amazon and, and Zappos and Disney, mm -hmm. and some of the better experiences of, as customers, maybe not necessarily mm -hmm. employees, but uh, you think of, um, I think uh, some some of the companies that I don't know the right order, but some of them have a empty seat empty seat in every boardroom, and that's supposed to represent the most important person in the room, which is the customer. Um, some of them at every uh, at a call center say every day um, we're going to have a story uh, about a great experience of way that you impacted the customer, um, and and it's not necessarily how they specifically impacted them, but um, your story might be read to, you know, 5,000 people because 
you directly correlate mm. um, because you help that resource who helps the customer. Mm. Mm. Um, what's, what do you think about, so you, what we were just saying reminded me of, um, well, I'll, I'll just call her Janice. Janice, who's an auditor, internal auditor at a Fortune company, okay? Her job is basically to like narc on the other employees because they didn't fill out their expense reports, right? How do, how do you get Janice or somebody that's really deep down there internally to really care at all about CX? So if she, <laughs> that's an awesome question and a really hard one to answer. <laughs> um, I would say that um, it, it can t you have to continue to drive your culture. Um, and, and if Janice doesn't understand her role, um, she might be really good at her role, but she might not be a cultural fit for the organization. Um, and, and so I think um, employee experience starts at HR. And, and it's educating them of the culture. It's uh, are you, yeah, you might be, have the right experience, but are you culturally fit? And do you understand <laughs> our mission yeah. and your role in this organization? Yeah. And so um, in a lot of companies, Janice doesn't, has been working at an organization for 35 years and doesn't know her role in the organization. So you nailed it, Nick, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And, and I think it's realistic to think that, okay, we're going to have at any company, I don't care how big or small it is, you're going to have a couple that are kind of just, not the dead wood, but they're just the old school. And maybe they're not getting it, and either we got to evolve them out of there or just protect ourselves against whatever they're doing that's toxic and just do the best we can, right? Yep. And, and there's going to be times where leadership won't make a change because they don't feel like – because there's enough pain or they've always done their job or it's a friend of a friend. Uh, whatever that mm -hmm. scenario is, uh, there's not enough pain to push that person out. Um, even though they might not be um, the, the right person, they might not, not even be on the right bus, let alone the right seat facing the right direction. <laughs> yeah. but don't, don't you think it's largely a function of the organizational culture and the extent to which there's this consistent customer focus throughout the organization? Because, um, you know, that, that, having something like that is going to help you to attract the right people and, and people like Janice that, that don't fit in, they're going to, they're going to feel a little alienated and uncomfortable in that environment. And eventually they're probably likely to leave on their own. Um, you would assume <clears throat> that, that they would leave on their own. I, I don't know if that's technically always true. Yeah, I think some always, people, yeah. um, some people don't know when to leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some <laughs> people need to, to, uh, yeah. change the locks on, on uh, Friday night to uh, not have the opportunity to come on Monday morning. But yeah, um, yeah I, I would hope that it, it starts at culture. But uh, like you said, like I said, it's got to start at HR. It's got to start leadership. Yeah. Um, it's got to start at your um, job description and then um, continue to drive culture. Don't just have it sitting in the, with the mission and vision and values yep. sitting up on the wall, yep. um, but actually drive it completely back to that and then have that mission-driven values in, in customer-centric uh, in your value statement. Yeah, which, which brings me to the next topic about the importance of celebrating wins, which, 
which which really is about acknowledging um, and celebrating the contributions of people that best exemplify your mission and vision, right? And then in a way, you're, you're sending a message to everyone in the organization about this is what's acknowledged, this is what's rewarded. What are some, what are some best practices in celebrating wins? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of um, really fun uh, ways to celebrate. Um, you know, the, I, I joke that, you know, you want to be like the when people win the World Series or the Stanley Cup where they plastic off the room, put the ski goggles on and, and throw the champagne in the area. It's probably mm-hmm. not the best thing to do, especially when you're uh, at home right now, because uh, then you're the one that's got to clean it up. But, um, you know, it depends on what people value, right? So some people value, hey, you know what, I want to go, um, I want an extra half day because I want to um, uh, go volunteer at the at the dog pound, or mm-hmm. I want to, um, I love snacks. Uh, so I just want a, a chance to, to eat from the, the, your awesome snack drawer, or, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe there's a free pizza Fridays, uh, where mm-hmm. your department, uh, gets to celebrate with that one specific person. Um, you know, whatever that is, uh, celebrate it and make it fun and make it important. Uh, because maybe creating a, a spotlight for that one specific person and saying, interviewing them and asking them all questions and then saying, what, what made you change? Like not necessarily change, but why are you excellent? Uh, tell, tell me right. more about that and, and going through that process because the more people do that, the more people are going to be willing to maybe step out um, and, and into the role that they um, are expected to deliver. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, Nick, it's been great talking to you today. It's nice, nice finally to see your face and not just <laughs> a voice on the other side of a telephone. Um, yeah. We look forward to hearing more from you, both in terms of your, your blogs and, uh, and your upcoming podcast, since you've decided to join the CX of M radio network. We're excited <laughs> to have you. Um, all right. Thanks. Thanks again. Thanks, thanks for your again. time. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tom and Bob Show. If you enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and share it on LinkedIn and Twitter. If you have any ideas or suggestions for future podcasts, send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. After all, you're our customer. Thanks for joining us for this session of CX of M Radio. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit cxofm.org for more resources.